Hello there, everybody. Hi and welcome. We are here for our strong men. I'm sorry, strong body, strong mind. Uh, this is a men's health webinar. It is a pleasure to have you uh, be here uh, tonight. Thanks for taking the time out. My name's Dr. Susan Plank, and just shortly I'll start the slides. I'll tell you, I usually do a monthly webinar. Uh, I like to allow you, the audience, to ask questions as we go along. So I'll do my best if you want to put a question in the chat. Uh, I also will have time at the end to answer questions, but I found that a lot of times as I'm going over certain information, it might trigger a question, it might trigger something that you want to know. So I'd rather have you not forget it, right? If we have to wait till the end. So uh, even if uh, if I don't see it, but you put the question in the chat, I'll be sure to answer everything uh, just as thoroughly as I can. So again, thanks so much for being here. My name's Dr. Susan Plank. I've been in, in business for 30 years, helping people nutritionally, holistically uh, find the root cause of what's been holding them back. I've been blessed to be able to help thousands of people through hormone balance and weight loss and checking testosterone, other hormones, uh, blood sugar. So whatever it is, my goal is to always find the root cause and then uh, try to correct things as naturally as possible. So let's go ahead and uh, get started here, okay? And here, we go. Okay, so uh, um, we've sort of gone through the introduction here. So I am going to uh, just go ahead and dive in. And again, uh, if you're joining us late, my name's Dr. Susan Plank. Please don't hesitate to put any questions you have in um, in the chat. Okay. So uh, here's sort of one of the issues, guys. Uh, just got to love you, but men tend to go to the doctor less than women. The fact is that men go to the doctor uh, less than women, and it accounts in research. It actually accounts for a shortening of men's lifespan. So men, they're saying the research is men don't live as long because some of these conditions aren't found out. And so, you know, only you can answer that sort of why, but I like to delve into that because you're taking the time to be here tonight. So obviously you want the information. So, you know, I always wanna challenge, is it sort of an, an ego, a macho-ness, which, you know, that, that's thrown around out there in research. I just don't see that to be true. There's fear. I think that is is a possibility, a fear of the unknown, a fear of what me, might be found out. Uh, discomfort. Uh, you know, you guys, you have to you have to go through a, the prostate exam and stuff, and that that's no small course of of action there. So it can make you feel uncomfortable, and and you know, it can hold you back from getting the information that you need. So the bottom line is we have to look at the facts uh, and that men do, and it's, it's at a pretty high rate. It's about 50%. Men, uh, the, the 
the visits that men go versus women, it's about 50% less for men than women. So my goal here tonight is to empower you, uh, but also to have you realize that when we do the right labs, when we find out the underlying, the root cause of issues, you can be more empowered to take uh, your health into your own hands. And let's say you don't necessarily need to be poked and prodded as much as possibly what you, what you have been. So an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It's just a wonderful uh, saying, but Here's some statistics for you. Only three out of five men typically get a yearly checkup. 12% uh, of men over the age of 18 consider themselves, this is themselves, rating poor or fair health. Okay, 40% of men only go to the doctor when they fear something extremely serious. And 34% of men over the age of 20 are obese and or overweight. So uh, again, these these sort of health concerns are mounting, uh, and and we can't we can't uh, just sort of turn a blind eye because not only just for men it's a little bit higher uh, in you guys, but nationally it's one out of every two people has hypertension and develops heart disease. So it's it's obviously not just a male issue, but that obviously is our, our focus here uh, this evening. So I wanna talk uh, various different conditions, heart disease risks. You might already know that heart disease is a leading cause of death among men. Unfortunately, this has not changed for the last 100 years. You heard me right, a hundred years, heart disease has been the top killer of men year in and year out. And when I look at these uh, research statistics, uh, sometimes I, I, I sort of, I'm, I'm surprised I don't fall off my seat because when I stop to think lately, how much money is thrown into you know, different medicines and research and all these things, and it still hasn't changed. And so for that reason, uh, you know, I started on this functional nutrition career of sort of, I think people need to be more empowered in what they need to do to be able to take care of themselves. So that is a big, big part of this because what we're seeing statistically and the money being thrown at issues, uh, you know, we're just not seeing uh, the best bang for the buck that's being spent. So I think we have to sort of delve into these things a little bit more personally, not think that, hey, just a prescription or a pill is going to be the answer to the problem. So high blood pressure, elevated LDL cholesterol and smoking are the key risk factors for men and heart disease. And so uh, I want to implore you, please, uh, if you are a smoker, please try to quit. Uh, do whatever you can uh, to, to minimize that. There's hypnosis, there's nicotine gum, there's you know patches. Uh, use any or all of them if you have to, 
but smoking continues to be uh, the highest risk factor, not only for cardiovascular disease, but for virtually every type of cancer um, that, we're, that we're seeing. But these same risk factors also put you at a higher risk for diabetes, being overweight and obese, a poor nutritional diet, you don't realize the effects of nicotine uh, and how it depletes the body of nutrients, but also deadens taste buds. Uh, it, it, these things cause physical inactivity. Uh, and we also have to worry about excessive alcohol consumption as well. So the best way to protect your heart is to get regular screenings, but I'm going to talk about that even a little bit later that there are some fantastic uh, labs and blood work that should be done on every single one of you uh, that it's it just not happening. And I'd like to see that change. And so that's why I'm here to give you that information. So number one with heart disease, where is your blood pressure? Do you have a good understanding of your blood pressure? Uh, you might uh, want to invest in a home unit, a blood pressure cuff. These have gotten easier and easier to use. Uh, the accuracy it still tends to be between about 3 to 5%. But in all honesty, the accuracy of a home uh, blood pressure monitoring uh, device is actually more accurate than having it taken in a doctor's office. You actually should be sitting still, sitting and or laying down for five minutes without talking, without moving, before your blood pressure is taken. And I don't know about you, but typically you're sort of ushered in from the waiting room, right? You sit down and virtually almost immediately they're asking you questions. Maybe they've taken your weight, but as soon as you sit in the chair, the blood pressure cuff goes on uh, and that is uh, improper technique. So other things with, uh, with blood pressure, we know that increases with age and specifically over the age of 60, we see it really start around 45 for men was when it starts to, uh, starts to increase. So salt, if you're in that age range or getting older, what's your salt intake? Blood work usually has potassium level on there. Make sure you have a, a good potassium level. Watch the amount of alcohol, okay? Uh, please do that. Uh, if you're not moving, if you tend to be more sedentary, especially if you have a, a desk job or you have to sit, travel, salesman, um, they, they have a, actually a higher risk of hypertension truck drivers because they're more sedentary. So also if you're carrying around too much weight and or you have a family history of hypertension. So again, screening, it's very, very simple. Uh, I believe the cost of those units and they're all very similar. Uh, I think they're down around sort of like 30 bucks. So you can get a, a great unit. I just ask that you start to do it sort of at specific times of the day and do it consistently. And it's a good idea then if that's something that you're gonna do, take those readings with you when you go to your doctor's appointment in case that's what happens is you sort of rush through when your blood pressure is taken and it doesn't match what you've had the luxury of being in your comfortable home. Uh, then you have, you can pull out a little, a little notebook and say, well, 
guess what? This is this is what I've been tracking, uh, you know, first thing in the morning before I go to bed at night. And these are the readings I've had. So we can get a much more accurate picture of what's going on with hypertension. Cholesterol. Uh, cholesterol is actually that I should, I guess, um, I'm not the typical uh, nutritionist. Uh, it, it seems like high cholesterol, we should run around like our hair is on fire. Uh, in all honesty, cholesterol is, it's an antioxidant. It's actually produced by the body uh, as a protective measure. But what happens with uh, our Western diet being more inflammatory, so again, salt, high in sugar, more fried foods, uh, inflammatory foods, those types of things, um, it will oxidize cholesterol. So cholesterol in and of itself is not a bad thing, but oxidized cholesterol is now what becomes dangerous. And so we'll start to see that LDL increase. The activity level relates more to the HDL, which is sort of generally known as the healthier, right? The healthier form of cholesterol is the HDL. So that you can improve with diet, but even more so uh, aerobic and resistive exercises. So with a band or weights and triglycerides. So, you know, triglycerides, when I see those elevated, are much more related to someone eating more processed foods. So something more fast food or something from a store that's prepackaged, microwaved, processed, those types of things. So when we start to connect the type of cholesterol, triglycerides, you know, LDL, the total cholesterol, when we start to look at what number is errant, sometimes they all are, but if it's too high, we can now start to zero in specifically on what are some dietary changes that we can make to help change that cholesterol. If somebody wants to work with me, I have seen, honestly, I've seen total cholesterol and LDL drop in folks 40% in 30 days. So it really is related to diet. There's some fantastic supplements also that can be very, very helpful, but diet is the primary factor of what we want to look at of getting uh, changed. Okay. So again, it's going to really be about the blood vessels. And I, again, cholesterol can be lowered with diet and some exercise and some supplements, but I want to let you know this as well. We'll talk about this a little bit later. Cholesterol is the backbone of what our hormones are made out of. So more and more, I'm seeing um, guys that have been given Lipitor, other cholesterol-lowering drugs. And what happens is, is they drive the cholesterol so low that now it affects their body's ability to actually make testosterone. So the, the form of the hormone is made from cholesterol. So uh, it, I have a limit, right, that, that 
nutritionally, I never want to see that cholesterol. Do we want to get it lower? Yeah, under 200. I'm good. I know they raised the limit that, you know, that, oh, you know, can't be above, it can't be above uh, 200. But if we get it around 200, we're good. I'd like much more to see ratios. I want to see what the ratios are between the total cholesterol and the triglycerides, between the total cholesterol and the LDL. But I don't want it to go below 165, 170 for most guys because now it's going to inhibit your body's ability to make testosterone. And we're seeing testosterone decrease now around the age of 30. It starts to decrease 1% a year. Now, we're looking at research of does it sort of bottom out and then it sort of plateaus for a guy but if we stop the look at from 20 to or sorry from 30 to 50 30 to 60 right you're losing 20 to 30 percent of your testosterone it's no surprise then for a guy in his 50s and 60s to start feeling more fatigued to not be able to get the same benefits out of exercise and going to the gym and almost sort of like, what's the point uh, to lose that endurance, to lose the libido. So we want to make sure that we do things the smart way. We don't want to just sort of force down cholesterol with a medication and then have all these other effects uh, you're suffering from because it's driven your testosterone and your total testosterone so low. That definitely is not our goal, right? So, okay, um, let's move on. Diabetes then. So men actually develop diabetes slightly more frequently than women do. In fact, the Center of Disease uh, Control and Prevention 14% of the men in the United States have been diagnosed with diabetes, and it's only 11% for women. It's a slight change, but when you start to compare uh, this diabetes risk with the heart disease risk uh, and the longevity issue, this really now starts to bring in multiple other risk factors that we have to start to pay attention to. So some of the symptoms... Uh, of diabetes is skin infections that don't heal, excessive tiredness. Like, boy, you just, you know, each day you wake up and you're thinking, oh man, uh, I had more energy when I went to go to bed than I do right now. Poor dental health, a lot of cavities, maybe you've had to have some teeth pulled, right? The bacteria, so we're seeing the bacteria of the mouth can actually start to affect heart disease and diabetes. Inability to attain or sustain an erection, overactive bladder, and also blurred vision. So again, keep in mind that um, uh, because guys typically are not going as frequently for doctor's appointments, for checkups, necessarily then you're not necessarily getting the labs done. The labs that I see coming in uh, aren't as thorough as they should be. So we're really missing uh, some information that we need to be able to see to make decent recommendations to do things as naturally as possible. So of course we're gonna talk about testosterone. So 
Testosterone is the primary uh, hormone, sex hormone for men. Men and women have testosterone and have estrogen. What we have is testosterone is a precursor for estrogen, okay? What happens is for guys, the hormone testosterone, most of that that they produce should stay as testosterone with a little bit being converted, about 8 to 10% being converted to estrogen. And then that is actually taken out of the body through uh, the digestive system. For women, it's just the opposite, okay? They'll have testosterone, but then it converts and it's more estrogen. Now, it gives us the, the physical and the sex characteristics of, of each sex, right? But we also have to look at, and I have a weekly radio show, I was just talking about this uh, earlier today, that when we take into account that if men's testosterone is starting to decrease at 1% a year at the age of 30, but unfortunately, now we're starting to see our environment, our actual environment, become more toxic, more chemicals, more pesticides. Look at the food, the wrapping of the food. Everything's in plastic, right? The microwavable, like we talked about. Um, all those things. There's actually things known as plasticizers. But these chemicals, we're finding, believe it or not, that they're making it into the water system out in nature. And there was a study done, it was about 20 years ago now, that they found in the Potomac River male fish that started to also produce eggs as a female would do. So what's happening then is now I start to become worried, not only for guys at such a young age, to start that sort of slow drip of testosterone, right? Each year, losing some, losing some, losing some. But now compound that with these chemicals that are known as obesogens because they can actually cause obesity, but the more serious endocrine disruptors. And so what they do is they, a hormone sort of comes into a, a receptor. So it's, it's sort of like a, Think of it like a satellite dish and, a, you know, and the hormone comes in and binds. And the hormone is a communicator that's going to tell that cell, that gland, what the receptor is connected to, what it needs to do, what function it needs to take. But what happens is be these chemicals known as endocrine, uh, endocrine disruptors, they're either blocking that receptor, all of it or part of it, to where the hormone can't come in and have a nice solid connection or they're actually changing the function of the hormones. So now we're getting missignaling. So not only am I worried for guys, you know, as, as they age with the decrease of testosterone that needs to be able to be present the, the bind with a receptor, but now I'm worried about the integrity of the testosterone, but also its ability to be able to bind to that receptor. So uh, again, this is not strictly just to, for, for men, but we're seeing this happen now, younger and younger generations. 
So sort of some of the symptoms that we would associate or we did with our fathers or our, our grandparents, our grandfather, aging is maybe the hair starts to thin and a receding hairline. Uh, maybe they weren't, you know, they weren't as buff, right? They lost the muscle in their chest, their legs weren't as big, right? And they just they just didn't have that that stamina and they just weren't mm. well, what's happening, right? We're seeing all these effects now because then we didn't have this proliferance of toxins and chemicals as we do now. And my fear is we're gonna start to see this generation to generation actually skew this and it happened earlier and earlier to uh, men. So uh, I appreciate you guys being here, but if you have you know, sons, grandsons, nephews, uh, this is an issue that we're seeing in younger and younger males. The testosterone levels are less and less the younger they are, even into their, their 20s, which is when they should really truly be at their prime. We're just not seeing that anymore. And it's, it's unfortunate, but I think a lot of that has to be associated with what's going on with our food supply, but also just the pure amount of chemicals and processed foods what is contained in them. So prostate cancer. So uh, I want to let you uh, know, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Um, I wanted to let you know with uh, prostate cancer that it's nearly 50% of all men over the age of 50 have what's known as PIN, P-I-N. And that stands for prosthetic intraepithelial neoplasia. Now, it's not out-and-out -out cancer, but what it is, is it's a changing in the function of the cells of the prostate. And so it's that many, it's 50% of all men over the age of 50 that we really have to start to watch. So again, when we look at the health of the prostate uh, and the level of testosterone, we want to make sure uh, that all these these levels are balanced and and being um, you know being properly cared for. Now I also want to uh, let you know that if when you have a, a prostate exam, if you can see me here and you can see this part of my if you can see this part of my thumb. And so what's happening when you have a digital exam? They're going in to check your prostate. That's what it should feel like. It should be firm, but it should have some give to it. So if, if and there could actually be two lobes, there's a little crease there and, and sort of two lobes for it, okay? And so when you have a prostate, a digital prostate exam, that's what they're feeling for, okay? Is, can it be palpated? Can they feel it? Is it firm, but it has give to it? And can they feel that groove, that crease? So uh, sometimes now we, we've gotten away from guys having uh, the prostate exam and they go more for the test of the PSA, prostate-specific antigen, but that, that just that pressure and being able to feel whether the prostate is inflamed uh, can be very, very helpful in being able to recognize things early enough where, again, the testing... Uh, it sometimes is not necessarily as sensitive or specific as being able to feel the challenges, uh, feel, feel the changes. So uh, 
I wanted to talk to you then about the screening uh, review. And, you know, if you have some paper and a pen handy, you might want to write this down. This is the way I look at things naturally uh, and sort of the way that things should get checked. So uh, annual screenings. So for prostate cancer, uh, I want you to start at the age of 50. Okay. Colorectal cancer starting at the age of 45. I want you to see a dermatologist, get checked for any skin cancer and high blood pressure also at the age, those two at the age of 45 as well. And cholesterol, uh, because what they're getting a little heavy with the cholesterol meds, uh, I prefer that guys get started with that at the age of 35. So we can uh, definitely check that uh, and make sure everything is healthy and normal, especially if they've been put on any uh, cholesterol lowering medication. Diabetes screening, I want done every three years, but I want that starting at 45 years old. And also we can't forget about the eyes glaucoma, okay? You guys, glaucoma is another one. Uh, have that check when you go, if you're wearing glasses, contacts, but under the age of 40, it should be every two to four years. 40 to 54 is one to three years. And over the age of 55, is every year or two, or like I said, whenever you're going to um, get uh, new specs, right? New contacts, new specs, uh, whatever's, whatever's you're going on there. So, um, so I now want to talk to you about preventative strategies. And uh, again, this is so important because this is the empowering part of it. You get to be involved. And in all honesty, I hate to say it, but right now, it's probably not a bad idea to be more involved in your healthcare. Um, to keep track, not only like I just said, of sort of when you should get tested to have an idea what you should be looking for. But every meal you're eating, everything you're, you're putting in your mouth, um, it, it's going to have an effect on some aspect of your health. And so it's just so vitally important that we start to make a connection between heart disease and diabetes, right? And prostate, and it's all because of the testosterone level. And some of you are kind enough to go ahead and fill out a, a sort of a little survey questionnaire that I sent out when you registered. And to see the number of guys that have never had their testosterone checked it, it really is mind boggling to me, but it's not necessarily surprising. I've worked with couples for fertility and neither one was ever checked. <laughs> Their hormone levels were never checked. I, I just can't honestly get my mind around uh, why docs seem to sort of poo poo or stay away from hormones. But this is a hats off to honestly most guys, because if you notice that you're feeling weaker or more tired or a change in erectile function, your libido, you typically, when you go to the doc, have no problem mentioning it. I, I wish that your wives and that women in your life were, uh, were as active uh, uh, and, and voicing their displeasure with some of those things, but unfortunately they aren't. Uh, but again, we really want to start to look at what can we do 
dietary wise to get moving, right? Um, what supplements, what do you need to do to take care of your health? Now, I want to bring up because most guys at some point or another have tried the keto, K-E-T-O, keto diet. It tends to be very popular with guys, right? What's not the love? A lot of red meat, lots of meat, lots of protein, lots of cheese, right? Who doesn't love that? Well, unfortunately, guys, those are all things that are very highly inflammatory. And so a lot of times if you have tried the keto diet, uh, again, we have that where you have to eat very little carbs, right? You can lose a ton of weight and guys do tend to lose it a little bit easier and faster than women. But we have to worry about those food choices because in all honesty, logically, it doesn't make sense that you can eat as much red meat and as, as much cheese as you want and then not worry about your cholesterol level uh, or inflammation or having some other effect on your body. And sooner or later, because it's not a balanced, you know, it's not a balanced approach to eating. Uh, when you do eat some carbs, uh, hey, I'm going to have a couple slices of pizza uh, you know, you wake up the next day and it's like, I just gained seven pounds from three pieces of pizza because it, your body's just going to latch onto those carbs when you finally do eat them. So we want to look at a more balanced dietary approach. Uh, I'm a fan of an anti-inflammatory paleo. That's typically what I use in my weight loss programs. Uh, and we can start to see the weight come off really pretty quickly in the first week to 10 days. We get joint inflammation down, we get energy up, and then as we get someone feeling better, can we start to increase uh, and introduce some type of exercise uh, program? But a lot of folks just aren't there. Then they're carrying around too much weight or they have such cardiovascular risk factors that I'm not uh, necessarily comfortable having them exercise right from the start. But I still need a way to start to get them to feel better and get the weight off. So again, I just can't reiterate this enough. Uh, please, if you are a smoker, please just kick it, you know, break the habit. You, you just got to, you got to do it for yourself. You got to do it for those that love you. Um, and that's the thing with smoking, right? It's not just your own health, but you're affecting wherever that smoke goes, you're affecting everybody's health around you. So, um, yeah. So, uh, so here we go. So again, uh, I, you know, I know a lot of folks really love the keto diet, but I go in a little bit more of a different direction, an anti-inflammatory paleo. I like folks to get natural food to learn to eat. Uh, my, my biggest thing is if, 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 if weight loss is an issue, it's always, I want to make the person healthier. That's why I'm sort of such a stickler about getting labs done. And, and I have this saying of like, if you're not testing, you're guessing, right? It's, it, you're not testing, you're guessing. We need to know what's not working in your body. What's not working in your metabolism, if it's an energy issue or a blood sugar issue, or, you know, they want to put you on a cholesterol meds, whatever it is, we need to have an idea of, everything that's going on, and then we want to do it as naturally as possible. So again, on keto, it's we're, we're putting all our eggs <laughs> in one basket. 
uh, and you're not going to be able to take advantage of all this great fruits and vegetables, especially at this time of year. So it, it's it's one that can work, but I don't necessarily, I'm speaking keto now, but I don't necessarily see it as sustainable. It's just virtually impossible if you've lost a ton of weight to now keep it off because eating keto long-term uh, is actually um, you know, not recommended for some of the hormonal issues that we're seeing either, okay? So again, managing the weight, we have to have a multi-pronged approach. We have to know where the blood sugar is. Uh, hormone balance and enough testosterone is very important. Are we dealing with fatty liver? Unfortunately for guys, the weight tends to be all around the, the belly, around the belly button. That's the most dangerous type of weight because it chances are it's not just on the outside, uh, but that that fat then can go in and around the organs and it puts a strain on those organs. Women tend to carry weight differently, but for guys, it tends to be in your belly. But again, um, you can lose it usually pretty quickly, but is it deeper? Is it affecting your liver ability to function, to filter things out? Uh, and, and again, movement, we have to have a whole body approach. Uh, and that's where I've been blessed. Now, this is my third, my third year of every client, um, every client that has uh, joined me, one of my programs to lose weight, 100%. I'm so proud of that. 100% have lost weight. You have to understand, even when people say they want to lose weight, they they typically want to, you know, cheat or do something else. So I uh, I am just so proud of that number. Uh, but also too, um, it's it is it's a little bit more serious, uh, a little bit more serious for for guys. What are my views? Here's a question here. What are my views on intermittent fasting? Uh, I honestly am not a fan of intermittent fasting. Uh, number one, what I see is, and let me let me sort of preface it. It depends why the person is doing intermittent fasting. Typically it is an attempt to try to lose weight. So I think intermittent fasting is, is sort of a clock, a timed way that to control calories. Um, but my, the, the problem I truly have with it is most people, and when I say most, I'd say 80% of the clients that come to me and their goal is to lose weight, they're already not eating enough. So, so the medical profession has sort of failed them uh, because they just sort of keep touting this, you have to eat less and exercise more. Uh, and so what I have then is people that are trying to go to the gym and trying to stay, you know, active, but they're eating less and less. Uh, and that alone will really shut down hormone production, but also shut down energy levels. So I typically am not a fan of intermittent fasting. It really depends, you know, if there's some other belief system that the person has. I always try to, to work with what they would like to do. Uh, but typically uh, I want, honestly, I want three meals a day going in and then I still want uh, two additional sources of protein. So I'm trying to get five lean proteins 
a day into somebody so we can start to make sure that they don't get hungry. The worst thing about dieting, right? You get hungry, you're already giving up things that you like to eat, that you like the taste of, but then you get hungry on top of it. Like who, who gonna do that, right? Nobody wants to do that. So uh, you wanna keep that blood sugar stable because as that blood sugar goes high and then starts to drop, that's where the cravings kick in. That's when somebody starts really thinking about, oh boy, I could eat this, you know, back up the truck, baby, bring it on. So, um, yeah. And so I'm happy to, uh, you know, if you have any, if you have any, uh, you know, other, uh, uh, questions there or something a little bit deeper about intermittent fasting, I I'd be thrilled to answer for you or try to answer it for you. So, uh, definitely to get moving. Now, again, here's the thing. We have to make sure that what's going into the body, the food and the nutrients going in, and then what the body is doing with it, right? So that's sort of the problem I have with that erroneous medical equation of eat less and exercise more. It's limit calories and then burn off as much as you can. And it sounds brilliant, right? It sounds like, well, yeah, of course, duh, that makes sense, but it doesn't work. And in that simple equation of eat less and exercise more, nobody's taking into account what is happening in the body, what's going on with that person's metabolism. And so there's so many different factors we have to look at. Like I said, detoxification, can they get rid of these, these chemicals? And, and it, it, trust me, you could be eating organic food every meal all the time. These chemicals now are everywhere. They're in the rain, they're in the soil, they're everywhere. So we still, we have to have a plan to be able to get rid of them, right? Blood sugar and energy. What, where's your thyroid? Is your thyroid optimal, right? What, what's going on with, with your other hormones? I see guys that, you know, oh, I, I've, I've gone to get, you know, testosterone injections. And when we do actually, but they, they've never had a testosterone test. And so when we do testing, now I end up seeing that, that the testosterone is actually turning into estrogen because remember, that's the pathway. Our bodies aren't meant to, you know, we're not meant for, women aren't meant for a huge surge of estrogen and guys aren't meant for a huge surge of testosterone. So to get an injection of testosterone to help balance things out, it just freaks your body out. It's freaking your receptors out. And your body's going to try to metabolize it as quickly as it can. And it's going to turn it into estrogen. So, you know, then we can start to have guys take on more feminine characteristics. They can become more emotional. That weight chain, instead of just being in the belly, can be of the hips and the, and the buttocks. We can have men that actually start to develop breast tissue. So this can be because of those chemicals that we talked about. But I've also seen it in my clients that have gone medically to get testosterone injections. So we want to make sure, right, we want to make sure that we're looking at the whole person. We want to take in family history. What's going on? Do we have to worry about more heart and blood sugar, diabetes? What's going on with the whole person? Oh, absolutely. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for asking the question. You bet. Yeah. So, um, but to get moving, I have folks start off very simple. In fact, the first thing 
If you're not exercising now, it's the fine time in your schedule. <clears throat> and it's like, honestly, it's like you're not going to start tomorrow. It's like, let's start looking ahead the next week, the next two weeks. Where in your schedule can you consistently fit how much time? Can you fit 15 minutes? Can you fit 30 minutes? We have to start off with the basics. And the basics for some folks, a lot of my clients that come to me, they have very serious cholesterol or some other health issues. And so we have to start off really with, with more gentle exercise. And that is honestly just walking. It's one of the best exercises you can do. But I need to make sure that, again, looking at the person's whole life, looking at their whole lifestyle, where can we fit exercise in? How can we fit in healthy eating if somebody's used to calling the delivery service or picking up, you know, fast food? We have to make this the, the plan work for the individual so we can get the desired results. So alcohol, uh, you know, guys, you get to actually consume for women now. I think it's down to one glass. It's maybe one glass of, I think it's a, a red wine uh, a day is permitted. Guys, you are, I think you're, you're, you're two drinks a day. So it would be sort of 14, 14 in a week. Um, I, in my program, I try to teach folks, if you are uh, uh, a drinker, if you do like a, a, the, the, you know, a, a good Manhattan, my dad was always a Manhattan drinker, Manhattan martini. My biggest thing is looking at what is the sugar con content of the alcohol. The other thing for guys is really, again, because of that, the sort of the belly that we're worried about and all the hormones. So your testosterone is actually activated and metabolized by processes in the liver. I want to make sure that the liver is healthy. So the liver enzymes are normal. And if those, if that turns out, okay, I have absolutely no problem whatsoever um, with alcohol consumption, but we absolutely have to look at uh, that it is going to be sort of empty calories for you. And we want to make sure that the alcohol you are consuming isn't filled with a lot of sugar, right? So we really want to make sure um, that some of these mixed drinks, like say uh, margarita, right? It would knock your socks off if you saw how much sugar actually is in the sweet and sour mix to make a margarita. Um, and let me take this sort of away from alcohol but a step further is some folks uh, trying to get sort of that, that protein in, doing a smoothie, thinking they're, they're healthy. It's the sugar even from fruit. So if somebody starts off with a blender and, hey, I have my favorite protein mix and I'm making myself my, my, my excellent smoothie in the morning uh, so I can, you know, rush out the door to get to work and that, you know, but maybe they're putting in the, you know, the whole banana and then they're, they're putting in some some strawberries and they're putting in pineapple and they're and and uh, I've had this happen quite frequently where there's a disconnect for folks of where the sugar is coming from and so a lot of a lot of this whole sort of trying to do things more naturally is realizing you can enjoy the foods 
you absolutely can enjoy the foods. You can enjoy a, a good stiff drink, but we want to make it to where we're really looking at what are the what are the damning and damaging parts of that food or of that beverage, and what do we need to be able to do to help you live the life right and have the lifestyle you want to do, but do it in a healthier way. That's that's really what we're what we're looking to do. So uh, stress, we cannot, and please don't discount stress. I bet you if I ask each and every one of you, if I had the opportunity to, to, to talk to each one of you, I bet you each one of you guys, if I said, oh, do you have any stress in your life? Oh, no, no, not me. No stress. Uh-uh. And it's just, come on, guys, right? You got financial stress. You have you have family stress. You know, the kids might be sick. You might be worried about your partner, your wife. You know, you're afraid of getting old, but you tend to hold it all in, right? That stiff upper lip type of thing. And so, uh, you know, I have these sort of specialized hormone testing uh, that I can do where, where we actually do it on saliva. It's a little kit and we'll get readings cortisol is known as a stress hormone and it will actually cause more weight to be gained around the belly belly fat um and so we'll get readings throughout the day done on saliva so we can see where stress levels are and see what time of day if it is more stressful than another and it usually it usually is so that can be a, just a wonderful really great great uh test um to have done but the other part of that test is, yeah, we're going to check your testosterone level. But out of these adrenal stress hormones, cortisol keeps us going, right? Gets us awake in the morning. But there's this other one, DHEA, that helps us stay balanced, right? It pulls us back down. But that DHEA is now the precursor for testosterone. And remember, testosterone is a precursor for estrogen, so what we have happen is if, you know, if you've suffered loss, maybe you, maybe you lost a, a wife or a child or a parent that you were connected to. Maybe, you know, you filed bankruptcy, you lost your job. You know, the pandemic was just horrendous on, on everybody that the folks coming out of it, that is probably one of the top things I'm concerned about now that I wasn't as concerned about before is I just see everybody's these stress hormones at higher levels now than I ever did see before the pandemic. So it is out there. It is a problem. And but it's a sort of a double down for you guys, because if that cortisol keeps sort of getting pushed, 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 you know, stress, stress, stress. And that DHEA is the seesaw trying to pull that that cortisol down, that DHEA starts to get depleted the guy will start to get fatigued not sleep as well but also then with less dhea he inherently cannot make the testosterone that he was able to make when it was at a higher level so stress sort of hits hits you guys uh in multiple ways much more directly uh like i said for women we have that intermediary goes testosterone to estrogen but for you guys, it's a direct, it's a direct, it's a next step down from those stress hormones than what converts into testosterone. So we have to be aware of any stresses going on in your life. And maybe it is health. Maybe it is, 
hey, I want to feel better. Maybe it's, you know, I'm 55, 60 years old and, uh, you know, I, I, I can't imagine living another 20 or 30 years because I just don't feel well now. Any of those things are sort of a constant health issue um, are stress, right? They put pressure on you of what can you do? I don't have a plan. How, how do I feel better? And that's, that's what we want to look at to help you through. So um, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you being here. Again, if you have any other questions, I'd, uh, I'd love to be able to, to answer them for you. I did want to throw out to you guys, I have a, a lab special um, for you. It's 389. I use my friends at LabCorp. Uh, and so what we would be doing is we would get the testosterone. We get your blood drawn. We'll send your requisition, right? We're getting your cholesterol all checked. We're, we're getting a, a really good overall, right? Everything pretty much that I talked about today, we're getting checked. Uh, and also, um, one that, that uh, the apolipoprotein, these apolipoprotein A and B, these are the tests that should be done on every single one of you. It lets us know it's a predictive marker of are you at risk for a cardiovascular event in the near future, in your next three to five years? Who doesn't want to know that? If you haven't been motivated before, to, to, to find the time or the energy or the know-how to take care of yourself. Imagine when I do that testing uh, on my folks that I work with, you know, in my weight loss program, and it comes back elevated. Uh, as you can see, this is, this is all, I'm going to tell you, this is, uh, this is a gentleman that this is his actual results. So uh, we started here. This column uh, was in April. This column is in June, and so you can see what we did naturally, um, how we increased his testosterone 20%, 20% naturally in 10 weeks. DHEA, right? And the higher we get the DHEA, the more it's going to convert to testosterone, right? We increased that uh, 16%. This apple lipoprotein, so April 12th, he was at an increased risk. It was going to happen. It's predictive. Predictive. It's going to happen. Three to five years, heart attack or stroke. It's going to happen. Look where his reading is, 68. 68. Ten weeks. All right. Uh, amazing. And uh, again, here, here's his weight. So what happens is, uh, I work with people uh, remotely, so we, we hook people up, they get a, a, a smart scale. So he would step on a scale every day, right? And here you can see he started out, he was 270, and here's all the dates, right? As of this morning, as of this morning, 240, 30 pounds, 10 weeks. Amazing. Truly, truly amazing. So, guys, uh, I'm here for you. Uh, you have uh, some sort of unique um, issues going on. I want to make sure that we get your energy up, get you feeling better. Maybe you want to lose a few pounds. Maybe you just want to know. Maybe you've never had your testosterone checked and you just want to know. Uh, I would love to be able to have a chance to talk to you 
and uh, get that information for you. So uh, again, thanks so much for being here. I'll check one more time. Any questions? Nope. All right, guys. Uh, thanks a bunch. Take care. I will be sending out uh, uh, a link for the for the video if you want to watch the replay or check on anything. But if there's any questions, please don't hesitate to be in touch. My name is Dr. Susan Plank. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care now. Bye.